TV Drama Podcast. I'm Scott, and if there was ever a holy grail of returning guest co-hosts, I believe I have chosen wisely when I reached out to the fella joining me on this podcast adventure. So keep your pods in your ears as you put your hands together for Mr. Patrick, the Radish Knight, Spinoggle. <laughs> oh, I could have done that. Wait. <laughs> there you go. See, when I, when I introduce myself, it's always, you know, didn't even work. Uh, I love it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Scott, thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here to talk about Indiana Jones. Oh, I was so excited that you, you know, I mean, you are returning now after, I'd say, two and a half years. So, you know, you're like once every few years, you'll pop up. You're, you're more frequent than Haley's Comet or a leap year, but not as often as COVID infections seem to be. <laughs> and, you know, and although... Those who those who actually know you, you know, I, I call you a social media darling in the Game of Thrones community. I know that you devour plenty of excellent movies and TV, and you can geek out with the best of them when it comes to sci-fi, fantasy, and comic book-related stuffs. So last week, after I saw the latest Indiana Jones flick, I decided that a legitimate icon of the summer movies for most of my lifetime, stretching over the last 40 years, was worthy of a little old podcast, and I thought, you... You were the person I first thought of as a potential co. So again, I'll say it. This will be the last time I say it tonight because I'm not used to being that nice to someone. Uh, I, I am. I am happy you're here. I have no knowledge of your level of love of Henry Jones Jr. I haven't. I don't. I didn't feel I needed to verify your overall indie IQ, but I'm pretty confident. Like indie himself, you're the man for the job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so um, without getting into any specific age numbers for either of us, let's just say I believe we're in the same age bracket. So I strongly suspect, you know, put on your thinking cap or thinking fedora, maybe, you can remember when you saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. And by the way, for the neophytes, the nattering nudniks out there, whatever, the title is Raiders of the Lost Ark, not Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't care if Spielberg himself says that now. Doesn't matter to me. People who insist on retitling films annoy me to no end. I'm sorry. It's Star Wars, not Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Stop. Stop yourselves. It's Star Wars. Anyway, let's time dial back to Pat's past here. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm a little bit older than you because yeah. uh, Raiders came out when I was in high school. Uh, and I remember distinctly that I saw uh, Temple of Doom in uh, in a theater at college. So so that that's about the time frame of what we're talking about. Now, I didn't see the movie when it first came out. For, for whatever reason, I just didn't get a chance to see it. Uh, but everyone lost their collective minds. All of my peer group just went crazy. And, of course, everyone came up and told me about the famous, you know, the the, the knife, the sword, the whip, the, the gun scene, you know. And, and even though I knew that it was coming, it was an awesome execution of, uh, of an event. So, so, so it wasn't spoiled for me. I had, like, a great time. So, so it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. And I enjoy – Almost every Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. I also have a similar 
oddball confession to make, uh, although different because, as you pointed out, and, you're, and you actually are correct, Apparently, I am a few years younger than you. Yay! Finally, I'm finally I'm the younger person on the podcast. That might be the first time. I'm not sure. Wait, Kimber might be older. Anyway, um, when Raiders first came out, it wasn't just those first few weeks. Those first few months, I refused to see it. Now, and I know people's heads are exploding right now. They're like, the people who've heard me on the Scott Forgot the 80s podcast are already cringing. Like, really? He was too snobby to see Raiders? But what's wrong? No, that wasn't it. In fact, I honestly don't really remember why I didn't run out to see it when it first took over theaters back in, um, I think it was June of 1981. The only thing I can imagine, because it, 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 it would fit my, the stupid brand that's been Scott my entire life. Um, maybe I was deliberately trying to be different than all my friends up the block that I hung out with back in the day. But this was an age, because again, obviously younger, because I wasn't doing this in high school. You know, we were still reenacting and playing like superheroes and Star Wars. You know, I always got annoyed that I always got stuck playing Luke instead of Han, because Han was cooler, but I got to yeah. use a wiffle bat as a lightsaber, so that made it kind of cool, whatever. I didn't have to go pew pew all the time. So, but here's the thing. Back in the early 80s, um, movies, especially the popular ones, they would stick around in theaters for months and months. Yeah. I, so I believe I know when I saw Raiders, it was just before school started again in early September. It was probably like the week of Labor Day or something like that. There was this old movie palace, a few train stops from my house. I went to go see it there. I, I remember it so distinctly because it was, they, they actually have like that giant burgundy and gold curtain that would open up, you know, when those balconies and velvety carpeting that actually wasn't sticky. And there was only five other people in the entire theater, it, cavernous theater. I mean, you could have fit 500 plus people in this theater. And the moment, the first minute, or two of the, th of the movie when I think when Indy like spins and cracks his whip at that one, the guy is the first traitor in his little, his little band <laughs> of people. I went like this. Oh, I think I love this movie. <laughs> right, right from there. We, 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 hadn't, we hadn't gotten to the idol or the, or the, or the, or the rolling boulder or any of that. I was just like, and now I kept thinking, what's wrong with me? Why didn't, why didn't I see? I could have seen it. Cause when you're a kid, when you're, I think I'll just say how old I was. I was, I was 11. You're 11 years old. You'll go see a movie a million times. You know, sure. like, I mean, right Star, on. I mean, Star Wars and Superman at that point, I'd seen them both probably like 15, 20 times because the movies were getting re-released all the time. I generally, I eventually caught up with Indiana Jones in that way, but back then, uh, no excuse. All right. Um, so uh, th there's so much about that movie, which is excellent. I think, uh, it's safe to say, actually, we talked about it before we started recording. One thing we do have in common for sure is that Raiders of the Lost Ark is our favorite of the series. I mean, could could you conceive a more perfectly uh, put together film than Raiders of the Lost Ark? It's hard to conceive of one. Yeah, and and even with people like an analyzing the movie in great detail to to point out that you know if any had not gotten involved, you know nothing. You know what? I don't care. He did get involved. It was awesome. <laughs> and so, I mean, I I have like a big respect for like when a a fresh thing is introduced to us. Like like in my opinion, Star Wars is one of my favorite of the movies. You know, I, and I'll I'll tell people. Empire Strikes Back is a great movie, and I can believe that that for all these reasons you find it better than Star Wars. But for me, my first love is Star Wars, and I can't 
of course, when I say Star Wars, others would say A New Hope, and I have to like yeah. give them the give them the eye. You know what I mean? Thank so, you. So, so <laughs> when Raiders of the Lost Ark first came out, I was just like, "This is awesome!" And if they never made another movie, I would just still be very happy with the whole Indiana Jones world. Right. I thought it was great. Yeah, so it just really like nailed it for me. Stuck the landing and got extra points and just did everything. I had forgotten about that thing. I seem to recall was first mentioned. Might have been on a Big Bang Theory episode or something like that, where <laughs> you know, if you actually remove the character of Indiana Jones, everything pretty much will happen as it happens, or at least the ending will still eventually happen as it happens. Although my only problem with that theory, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that might be true. But would they have even found it without Indiana Jones? Because yeah. with the whole Well of Souls thing and everything, and finding that, and, and like, if Indiana Jones isn't doing all that, why would they ever find the Ark to begin with? Yeah, they, they might not have found it, in which case it, the Ark would not have ever fallen into the hands of the Nazis. So so that might be an argument. But again, we are arguing like a dumb hypothetical here. Oh, yeah. I, I, some, I mean, the movie rocks. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just I just love – I mean, even, even when I was a kid, because I, I grew up in a house where I was very uh, – movie and movie knowledge is kind of drilled into me. It's one, it's one of the few things I'm very thankful about uh, with my childhood and my family was, you know, I was watching a billion mo- old movies – Till, till the crack of dawn from like the age of like nine through 19, probably. That's probably, that's why I have a, a, a love of all film. And even then I could see how this was an homage to the, the, the old adventure serials of, of yesteryear and stuff. Sure. Cause you know, yeah. I even had my mother tell me about them and she'd, you know, they, and they would have cliffhangers and we'd go see them the following week. Whatever. And I was like, how old are you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this, but as I, but even as I've rewatched the movie over the years, you know, as I got older and I got into writing, I could really appreciate how well crafted a script it was. It's a, it's marvel, marvelously paced. It gives the audience appropriate times to rest before hitting a new twist and turn, like a roller coaster. Oh, by the way, sorry, Marta Scorsese. It's okay for a movie to feel like an amusement park ride, you know, because that's what Raiders of the Lost Ark was. Sure. So, I know. To get back to the point of what the whole podcast was, before and after seeing um, Indiana Jones and a Dial of Destiny, I did binge the four previous Indiana Jones movies. Um, so just to let everyone know, do not worry. We're not about to sit here and break down all five films. That's not why we're here. I know I, know, I, know I have a reputation, or this podcast has a reputation, like, oh, is it going to be another one of your three-hour jobs? We're not planning that tonight. You know, the, the bear was one thing. <laughs> Indiana Jones is something else. Oh, by the way, if you haven't listened to it yet, check out the Bear Podcast. It's really good. Um, and there's a funny sound effect that begins it. Anyway. Um, however, we are going to touch on all the films in some way or another. And we might might offer opinions. And, you know, I might even offer the fact that some of my long-held opinions uh, might have shifted after rewatching them. But we should start off with the reason I think people are tuning in. Prim- tuning in. I always think we're on, a ra- we're on the radio. Uh, it's not as bad as last the, the other night when I was doing the bear one. I kept saying "watching" instead of "listening." It's like I'm not really. I'm never going to release a video podcast. I don't know why I keep saying "watching." But we are going to start off with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now, Pat, um, I I don't recall. I mean, I, I do see your tweets. Obviously, um, I don't remember. Did you knock that one out when it first? came out or did you wait did you wait and had you heard all the 
the buzz or lack thereof. I, I, I heard some buzz. I, I saw the movie on July 4th oh. um, because, you know, what what better way to spend Independence Day than watching Dr. Jones punch so many Nazis, <laughs> you know, see so many Nazis being shot by a variety of different, you know, ammunition. So, so yeah, so we went to see it and we had a, had a good time. And I think I might've tweeted something that, Hey, I saw the movie and I, I enjoyed it because there, there had been some kind of like up and down, um, you know, critical in, in a, not a good way, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, people seem to like not be super excited, I, I guess about it, but I, I found it to be, one of the more enjoyable Indiana Jones movies that I've seen. Yeah. I, um, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and I was, obviously I was very aware of the criticisms that were out there. And I, and I will confess right off the top of the bat that I'm, um, I'm probably going to be addressing all that because <laughs> that's what I do. Um, and, and, and by the way, this isn't going to be like the Batman v Superman. <laughs> podcast where, where um, just to let everyone know who probably never listened to it it's, it's a really fun one um pat and i um that's the first time we podcast together and we especially after the, the what was it the extended cut or director's cut came out whatever we thought oh you know what there's actually some good stuff here we'll, we'll defend it we'll, we'll be different and we did a two-hour podcast and i'm i am pretty sure an hour and 45 minutes worth of that podcast we, we were negative <laughs> <laughs> we just kept, think, we just kept finding. Things. I think we, I, I, I think we were honest. I think we were honest. Yeah, we you know, it, it was it was just a conversation. It was like all of a sudden things would trigger memories. Like, oh yeah, you know what? That was pretty bad too. And we're like, well, that made no sense. Or but that why that's not such a bad plot. I mean, I, I don't mean the script. I mean Lex Luthor. Anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, I, I do encourage people to go back and listen to it because because I I had a good time. Talking Batman v Superman, but but it was the that was the, was the movie that made me dislike Man of Steel, a movie that I did like until I saw yeah. Batman v Superman. That can happen. You're right. I mean, I, I had long defended Man of Steel. Yeah, same. And even I, I would always say, I really hate this, and I don't understand this, but I like the rest of it. But yeah. now those two things, and really one of them, has really kind of taken over. I mean, I, I still I have the Blu-ray on my shelf somewhere. I, I might have. Hidden it behind something. So back back to indie though. Um, so after I watched it, and I was trying to think about all the criticisms, and you know, you know, maybe some people don't like seeing a far more aged indie. You know, cause you can really imagine the creaks and cracks of that eighty sure. plus year old body just you know getting out of bed. And I don't know. Maybe the crummy looking New York apartment in the late sixties put some off. I don't know. Maybe they thinking that indie shouldn't have such a seemingly miserable experience uh, existence excuse me sure, sure. Um, and in a weird way it kind of reminded me of how some people reacted to the older uh, luke skywalker in those recent star wars films i i, I thought there was a certain similarity there um and, and there's always this element of oh when characters as they get older and they go through different life experiences but still aren't allowed to change and i was kept thinking really do how many people do you know who are in there 70s or 80s or, or or even well maybe even 60s but we'll go 70s and 80s um who were the same that they were in their 30s have you not heard about hippies who turned into like conservative assholes there's a lot of them <laughs> yeah so why is it yeah, shocking yeah. that luke would change or even indiana jones and it's not that he's changed that much it's i think people are missing the point who are don't like that aspect of it because a lot of this film is about that it's about aging it's about death it's about loss 
And these yeah. are things he's been experiencing <laughs> seemingly like one right after the other. So, you know, I, I get people might be uncomfortable seeing like their action adventure, you know, fantasy character going through those kind of trials and tribulations. You know, you know, this isn't what the kind of movie we bought tickets for. But I'm sorry, then maybe you shouldn't watch new things at all. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> And, and it's tough to, to say, look, I, I don't want to see an old Indiana Jones. Well, you know, there's a solution for that. Just don't go see the movie because, you know, it, they, they didn't make the movie that you wanted to see, which was a young Indiana Jones. And yet they gave us a very good, in my opinion, extended uh, sequence in the beginning with a young Indiana Jones or contemporary to to the Raiders Jones. Right, right. Absolutely. Um the, the one one other uh, comparison as I keep coming up with ideas as I think about the movie, um, what I wouldn't put this, this film on the level of something like Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven, but in a weird way it kind of hits a few of those notes because it, they're both films that you know they're talking about struggling with one's past and sinking, you know the main character has sunk or or sinking into like a depressive drift of after so much loss, uh, but but at the end of the day there should still be hope something to live for Unforgiven. However, it takes a tragic <laughs> route, you know, as, as the story proceeds, as one's past is un- unescapable, but you just deal with it and move on. Indy literally tries to escape to the past. Sure. And yeah. he's brought back to his senses by, you know, first <clears throat> fist to the jaw, but also the, the restoration of both hope and love and having something to live for again. Um, I know that's one of the issues people have with the movie, but we'll, uh, but you brought up something which I think is more, uh, the, the first thing that people talk about. I really enjoyed the opening extended sequence. I, I thought I thought it ca- I thought it captured you know the Indiana Jones spirit um, in a very uh, fun way. Hey, I love fights on trains. It's a staple. It, you know, we, we see it. it's one of those things. You, 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 we've seen it in how many westerns over the years, or we've seen it in Bond movies. We've seen it. We've seen it in every. Everyone's got to do it at some point, you know. The, and the addition of anti-aircraft guns on the train yes. to go wild, I was just astounded by. I thought this is the best new element for a train, you know, fight that I've seen. It's right, great, right, right, right. But I think the thing I guess folks are, are focusing on, and it goes to what you brought up with uh, the younger Indiana Jones. It's about the CGI. Yeah. So look. This is this is the second movie this summer. The other one we hopefully might be talking about, you know, next week, depending on our reschedules and whatever. Where the social media masses lost their collective hive mind over either the use or the overuse of CGI in a film. I'm we're about being honest, right? My yeah. feeling on the me feeling that some of the shots I think are amazing, some somewhat less so. But the way I look at it is. I don't care. You have like hundreds of people who are spending thousands of hours to try to create this de-aging process um, for that whole sequence and in a later scene as well, really. And, you know, if it could be absolutely perfect in every angle, then you, we wouldn't need people anymore. We just sure. haven't got the technology hasn't gotten quite there yet. And I, I just feel that, yeah. We can tell at certain points, oh, it's a CGI thing. My problem with that critique or that bothering people, you know that anyway. Yeah, I know I mean, what's happening. You know? You, know, you know, if if it was perfect, you know, let, let's say they actually cloned, 
Harrison Ford and grew that clone <laughs> and they didn't, didn't tell us and we assumed it was CGI. Then some, some guy would complain, oh, well, you know, actually, you can really tell that it's the, the pixels and polygons. I mean, like, like whatever, man. I mean, like, like we already, we already know that Harrison Ford is an older dude and they're doing CGI to make him look young. It, it's, it's okay. There's no need to like get mad about that. But, but I found it to be very, uh, very good. I, I did not notice an uncanny valley. Other people maybe are more observant than I am. But my wife and I both said we. It was as if they had just cast, right? You know, young Indiana, I mean, young Harrison Ford from the past. They brought him forward and to make that part of the movie. Yeah, I think basically there there are certain movements, but like when he turns his head, you know, at certain angles, it, it looks a, it, there's a, little, a slight little shake to it. But who cares? The way I look at it. It's kind of like what you're saying, and just when it comes to visual effects in general, especially in the end, let's just stick to the end uh, Jones movies. You know what? You could say the same thing about you know the final climactic scene in Raiders, or the minecart chase in Doom, or the Zeppelin, which always looked badly green screened. And oh, 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 I gotta Last stop Crusade. you here. I gotta stop you here. Uh-oh. Are you telling me that they did not actually have <laughs> angelic forces coming out of the Ark and blowing off? I, I assume that they had killed those actors. Having their faces, you know, like melt off their heads. Are you telling me that was not real? Well, do you remember seeing them ever again? I'm just <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll let you continue. I'm sorry. No, or, or even the entire Holy Grail finale in the last. I, I just feel like, hey, hey, guys, we're not. It's not like we're watching footage from an old Ed Wood movie or something. By yeah. and large, the visual effects here are pretty damn impressive. And whether it's that opening sequence or other spots where they definitely do that throughout the film, I just feel once once you become accustomed to it, it's not really a distraction. I think you, as long as you have the sophistication, the brain power to know and realize, it's going back to the original point, you're dealing with a star who's 80 years old. In fact, this week, he's turning 81. This dude is not Tom Cruise jumping off airplanes and buildings or so. I mean... When he had a bolt down a flight of stairs in this movie, I knew that's a double doing that for him. Sure, right. There's nothing right. wrong with that. And I yeah. find it offensive that people are decrying otherwise. You know, it's, I mean, it's a, the, the, the only semi-legitimate um, issue with the movie is due to his age. It's because that's really why they have to do so much with the CGI, whether it's him on riding the horse or whatever. But it still works. It, it, yeah. I don't... Uh, if I can, if I can watch Star Trek episodes from the '60s, and I can tell, you know, or Batman episodes, and every other shot of a fight, well, that's clearly not Adam West or William Shatner anymore. But I sure. love it. Who cares? Yeah. Why? Why am I getting hung up on this? Especially when they made they, they made an honest effort, and it, I would say, ninety percent of the time, it, at the very least, it works really well. Sure. No, I agree. I agree. So. My one one of the things you notice when you're watching this movie, um, I became as, as much as I like the opening sequence, and I do. I, I think I've established that. But at the same time, and it's one of those concessions you want to ask to make for this movie. This movie was not directed by Steven Spielberg. It's directed by James Mangold. You know who's who? Hey, he's got Logan on his resume, so he's got cred up the yin yang as far as I'm concerned. Sure, agreed. So. The, the, one of the things I, 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 I maybe wished could have been different, but I think, again, it's a concession to Harrison <coughs> Ford, his age, and so on. 
the Spielberg style things tend to be shot very cleanly, crisply. You know, you know, fight, you know, action fight sequences tend to be you know done in medium medium shots where you can see everything very clearly. Where this movie, I noticed a lot of it was more such either way too close up or way too far or extremely far away. Um, sometimes it kind of reminded me some of the fight fight scenes kind of reminded me of like the first Nolan Batman movie where it was kind of like, oh, I can't, can't really see what's going on. Sure. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that was way too close. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I just kept thinking, okay, it's obviously it's not Spielberg. So, you know, duh. But I was like, okay, this is one of, like I said, it's a concession that they have to make like, okay, this is how we're going to have to do this because, you know, if we do it the other way, then we're going to have to go even further with the, the doubling and the CGI to a point where it's just going to be like, okay, we're watching a video game now. Why are we doing this? So I, I, I liked it, but I did, I did, it was one, it was within those first 15 minutes I was realizing, hmm, this is, all right, he's doing his own thing, which he should be. He's a different director, but I'm, I was very aware this isn't the way Spielberg would direct some of these uh, scenes. Now, now, you and I might have a our first like contentious opinion battle Ooh. at this moment because I, I, you may or may not know this about me, but I'm not a Spielberg fan. <laughs> I'll be I'll be watching a movie with the Spielberg directed, and it's just like, uh, this is such a Spielberg moment that is happening in front of me right now because he's just like he just does things that irritate me. I, I you know. Um, AI, the movie AI was like one of those ones hey. where where something would happen. I'm just like, I just can't accept this happening. People are not acting like humans. This is like the most bizarre thing I have ever seen in my life. And, and, and it can't, this doesn't happen all the time. I like Spielberg. He's pretty cool. He's like a good dude. But he, he has this thing about him where it's like, and now I will have a Spielberg moment with like music and stuff and maybe God actually did something to like make the hero get away with, you know, with something. And I'll let you know that this is a Spielberg moment happening. I'm just like, Oh, I hate this. So I didn't get that feel when I was watching. I, I didn't get that feel with the original Indiana Jones though. So I'll cut Spielberg slack, you know, from that, but I didn't get that at all with this movie. So I was happy that Mangold was directing. Um, so there you go. All right. Let's uh, uh, defend your boy, defend Spielberg. I if I want to defend Spielberg, I'll just like you know what you know what when you when you've got the first Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jaws, and E.T. alone on your resume, then we toss in something like Schindler's List. Eh, you know what? I don't oh, yeah. really, I don't really think I need to defend him. You know, does he have does he have tough Does he have movies that, he, that that I do not care for? Oh, absolutely! I detest Hook and the Terminal. Like no, oh god, I never want to see that piece of crap again um and lincoln should have ended five minutes sooner he had he had the perfect closing shot and then they kept going like no 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 that's where you stop it that's a perfect way to oh we all know he's gonna die why oh you idiot (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) anyway no no need to defend i'm not really attacking spielberg i know if my if my friend who's uh, been on the pot um on the Scott Forgot the 80s podcast, he did a couple of movies with me, and he's like a professor of film and stuff. He is a big Spielberg guy. So yeah. maybe sometime in the next year, I'll put the two of you together. and just, I was just like, you know what? Uh, it's going to be the first podcast that I'll just do the intro and the outro, and I'll let, the, let these two go. <laughs> I'll just keep talking about War of the Worlds. So I'll just say, let's talk about War of the Worlds. Yeah. That's all I'll do. It's good until the basement, and then it's bad from that point on. It's pretty bad, then. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Um, anyway, 
So back to this. Um, one of the major things about the movie that's be, and this is one of those, for me, bewildering points of controversy. So I, I simply do not get it <clears throat> other than, other than th- what we've seen in society slash pop culture or reaction to pop culture over the last 10 plus years. Um, the reactions that people have had, some people, not all, obviously, some people had to the Phoebe Waller bridge character, Helena. Mm-hmm. And it 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 made some of it. It's got some of it. Has, it hasn't gotten quite to as bad a level as I've seen other things over the years. Whether it be you know characters who appeared in you know the the later Star Wars movies or the Marvel movies or well pretty much every piece of fandom, Star Trek, even Game of oh, Game of Thrones. I'm sure. But sure, I'm, sure. You know where you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about here. Um, and they seem to apply it. To this character. And I'm a little bewildered by it. And I, so I, I would, I looked more into it. Like, why, why do they have such a problem with this character? It's like, if, if you don't really like her at first or because she's kind of like, that's fine. That's, 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 that's nothing wrong with not liking her. Um, she, I hopefully she grows on you. That's, I think that's the point of the character. Um, but she provides constant conflict throughout the movie between herself and the Indiana Jones character, which guess, guess what? Kids, that's screenwriting 101. You kind of need that to happen. Um, otherwise, it's kind of bland. You know, she's not, she can't be a love interest. So, right. And, and you need, you need a person around to bounce, like, I'm, I'm going to say exposition, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if the movie is just Indiana Jones running around in his brain thinking about stuff, well, that's boring. I mean, you know, like we, we kind of want to have some kind of like discussions going on in front of us. It's why Sherlock Holmes has Watson, right? you know, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, it's very important. It's, it's why um, a good Batman movie has like a Robin or Jim Gordon character for there to be some kind of like, you know, ability for Batman to, to, to talk, that's true. you know, instead, instead of just, I'm going to broodingly detect for a bit and then I'll punch <laughs> things, you know? Oh, we've never talked. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it another time. I just realized we've never, we've never talked about the recent Batman. Movie. Oh yeah. I'll be happy to talk about, talk to you about that. Stuff. We can, we can do it offline we'll or, do it offline or, or at some point. Sure. Okay. Just sure. Anyway, so but back, back to this. So, 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 so the interest, the character, you know, and they, and they, they give her a flaw. They make her kind of like a classic roguish scoundrel type character. And, you know, and you can easily see um, in some other adventure movie that the main main character is forced to hang out with some scoundrelly rogue, but it would be a dude. Yep. And that seems, that seems to be the deal, right? You know, it's like, you know, the, you know, the mouth breathing guys on the internet are just like, Oh, I can't, I can't handle having women in my, my adventures unless, (laughs) unless they're naked. And it's like, Oh my God, just, just relax. Just relax. Guess what, guys? You know what she is? She's the female Han Solo in the movie. That's what she is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she so she rolls in and they give her a character flaw you know, of being a, you know, a scoundrelly rogue and not necessarily on board with what Indy is doing. So in a way, she is you know his antagonist you know for a bit. But we know that she's not the antagonist. Right. Right. You know that the, the movie has a, a an excellent antagonist. But yes. But but they but they they in. They bring her in, and I found her like very engaging and fun, as opposed to a different movie where the character attached to Indy was introduced, and their flaw was that they were incredibly unlikable. 
<laughs> throughout the entire movie. So, hmm. uh, you know, and, and I'm not talking talk, about I'm not talking about short round. No, but, uh, I don't think you're talking about short round either. <laughs> I'm not talking about but Henry Jones Sr. I'm not. No, but, no, uh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll just move on. We'll yeah. move on. We'll we'll touch on that one a little later anyway. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Um I I noticed when I would dug deeper on people you know, people's issues um they seem to go to her role in the ending the whole situation where they've gone back in time and Indy wants to stay and Helena you know after trying to convince him and she has this great conversation between with with him as well as Archimedes but she eventually punches him out and essentially saves him because he does have a gunshot wound where he would most assuredly die from um, <laughs> if he if he was there because because he because he didn't stay in the temple uh, so that's why he's not immortal just ever and <laughs> yep yep by the way I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry God and, and you know Jesus whatever ridiculous <laughs> caveat oh you can be immortal but you got to stay here what <laughs> well, let's, let's take a break for a moment and let's think about that knight who was like stuck there with like a book, like like a book for what you know, like a thousand years. Like like this is not like this is not a reward. This is in no way a reward. But but he ended up, if I'm not mistaken, I think he ended up doing a Pepsi commercial or something, a Burger King. <laughs> that the night that that character is in, is in a was in a commercial that summer. You're like going. What? <laughs> that's the weird. That's the weirdest pro- cross. Pro- Every once in a while, there'll be some weird cross promotion that makes no sense to me. You know, go back and that's the one. Oh my lord. Um, I I guess. All right. Some people. The issue was, and this goes to what you were saying about the. You know, I don't. I don't. They like the women to be damsels in distress. Sure. And in here, she actually technically is the one who does the saving at the end. And they're like, wait a minute. It can't be Indiana Jones being saved. He has to be the one doing the saving. It's like, mm, I don't know right. if I agree and, with that. And, and I had somebody say to me, I just don't like that Indiana Jones's agency was robbed. And I just wanted to punch them as well. Because it's like, oh my God, come on. Come on. Well, first off, you know, uh, you know, men are now going to therapy, you know, and they are learning all this like therapeutic type discussions. And then they're like, they're like weaponizing those kind of discussions. So somebody's saying to me, his agency was removed. I about lost my mind. It's like, Oh, come now, just come down. So I know, you, I know that whether you would, whether you'll ever want to listen to it or not, I don't know. Um, cause I, cause I don't really think you're a fan of the podcast. I very I made a very deliberate use of the word agency on the podcast I recorded a couple nights ago. Oh yeah. And I said on the podcast and there's one or two listeners will get this. And I said on that podcast, it's like, all right, and the fans of Australian Survivor will appreciate this because there was one guy who was on Australian Survivor who I kid you not every single episode when he's talking to either other people or to the camera or whatever, he uh. kept Talking about having agency, he kept using the word agency over and over. It was it was like you could do shots to the show every time he says agency. So I had a I had but I had to use that word to reference something on on the bear because there was no other way to phrase it. And it's like no, it's not a bad phrase. It's just it's annoying, you know. It's like, it, right, it it just gets overused and and. You know, shockingly, sometimes people don't have agency. I mean, it's yes. the way it is. Sometimes things happen. And that does not mean, oh, the story is over. I will no longer pay attention to it because somebody did not have agency the entire time. Nah, 
Relax, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, again, he's 80 years old. So, <laughs> so, so also, then, then, then there were some, you know, tying into, you know, what happens at the end, whatever. Some, some of the detractors of the film were mocking the whole idea that Archimedes, it's, it's ridiculous. Archimedes invented a time machine. That's what, it's like, okay. But that's not what that was. It wasn't right. a time it was machine. It was, it was not. Yeah, <laughs> they, I mean, they made that point several times. What what it was? It was it was something that where they okay, it locates something, and that's a fissure in time that you can travel through. You know, that's and we'll we'll go along with that. That's fine. Yeah. Um. But I was like, but he didn't. Archimedes didn't make a goddamn time machine. That's like it's not a DeLorean. What are you talking about? <laughs> Idiots. Now you mentioned something which I getting back to just the things that I think I want that are commendable at the movie. Sure. I, other than the fact that, you know, yay, Nazis, um, you know, which, by the way, that's, that's going to be taken out of context and look really bad for me. You know? <laughs> oh, I, I say it every day. Yay, yeah. Nazis. But yay. I got my DNA. Every, I'm 87% Jewish. Leave me alone. Anyway, <laughs> the villains. I love the villains in this movie. I'm a huge, huge fan of Mads Mikkelsen. I feel he can do no wrong. Obviously, Hannibal, you know, and also his, um, what's the other thing I'm thinking of with him? Oh, the, the, oh, he's not a villain, but he's in the, is he in, is it Rogue One? Is that the Star Wars movie he's in? He is. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's generous to his father. Right. So he's one. actually a positive character in that. Yeah. 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 I think he's a bad guy in one of those Harry Potter things or whatever. He, um, my, my <laughs> I actually went to see this with a, 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 a good friend of mine and she, I don't, th- oh, she'd seen him before. As well, and she thought he would have been great. That someone like him would have been even a better choice to play Voldemort than Ray Fiennes was. Uh-huh. And she, she's with Harry Potter the way you are with Game of Thrones, or sure, sure. or the or, gotcha. or, or the other way to phrase it, because it's the literature we're talking about, not the movies. Because she, 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 she will, she just keeps rereading the books over and over. They're on her bedstead. I'm like, okay, that's kind of crazy, but okay, whatever. <laughs> Getting back to Mads. The scene with him and the is he uh, like a, a bellman? I guess. Is? Yeah, yeah. He was he was the room service guy, right? He was bringing in the food, and that that scene, amazing. It's such. I love that scene so much, and that's one of the. I mean, even though it's only what a minute or two worth of screen time, I'll defend this movie just because it has a scene like that. Because yeah. there's a certain quality to it. There are things that are said, and there are things that aren't said, but and you and you're realizing what's going on here. And I I don't know who the actor was. I didn't look up who the actor was who plays that because it's such a small part. But kudos to him because he that scene kind of steals a lot of the movie for me in a good yeah. way. It's like oh they yeah. they're making a great statement here, and they and they're kind of making a statement which they never really did very much of in the previous <laughs> movies that featured Nazis. You know, I mean, obviously Nazis equals bad. We all know that. We don't need to be. We don't. We don't need a lesson on Nazis. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to challenge you on that. I think we need to have. Oh that yes, lesson. you're right. No, what? <laughs> we do need to have that lesson. But, but we need a we need a reminder of that. Yeah. But 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 but, but Pat, both sides. Come on, both sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, but, you know. but look look at it this way: when they did Raiders of the Lost Ark, they added a line. During while they were shooting the the whole sequence uh, at the end with the the opening of the arc, whatever, just before the arc is open, where uh, the one Nazi was named I forget, <laughs> you know, not sure. not to, not Bal- oh, Balak's not really well. He's a Nazi, yeah. he's a conspirator. Um, the other guy, and he says, "I am not comfortable with this Jewish ritual, whatever." 
the only time anything Jewish is mentioned by a Nazi in that entire movie is that line there. Again, yeah. the movie's not about that, but right. you're getting the Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is like, you know, you know, I, I'm allowed to say this, Jewy, Jewy, Jew. <laughs> and he was like, and the fact that they were about to, wait, we're going to make this whole movie. We're not. Not one Nazi is going to say one even remotely anti-Jewish thing at all. <laughs> He's got to drop at least one anti-Semitic statement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, somewhere in that movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Spielberg's directing this movie. We saw the fable. Oh, you didn't probably. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're right. You're right. I didn't. You know. Anyway, um, so I, I really thought that was a great moment, and, one, and genuinely one of my favorite things about the movie. Um, Want to hear? Want to hear the, the most dopiest nitpick I have about this film? It's sure. I I, yeah. I will say it's the dumbest thing I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say about this movie. I think I don't care that Spielberg didn't direct it. That that's, that shouldn't matter. Sure. I was annoyed that Mr. Mangold did not continue. In my mind, is a time honored tradition. I don't care if it's a Disney movie because it's done in conjunction with several studios, including the one I'm about to mention. Paramount, you're supposed to work the Paramount Mountain into the opening shot. You did it in all four. The first four, even even stupid Crystal Skull has the you know, uh, the the um, the anthill that gets crushed that looks like it. Uh, I don't care. It's officially a Disney production. You still had it there. You still could have done it. They did the thing where, for some reason, they just made the Lucas film into like a lock that with the door opening. I don't think, and that's just like kind of a dissolve. So I didn't really have that kind of feeling to it. Again, I know it's silly, but it's yeah. one, especially when I just watch. I'm like, oh yeah, I always thought that was kind of a fun thing, you know. And it's like it's it's just it's like five seconds. You can. I, I will honor and recognize your complaint. Uh, this is the first I've ever heard about the Paramount Mountain, but uh, but I will honor what you're you're saying here. Well, yeah, I mean, the, it's if you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, it starts with you know you see the Paramount Studio thing, and then it becomes uh -huh. the mountain in, in the distance. Uh, Temple of Doom, it's on the Gong. The, the mountain's on the Gong. Uh, sure. Last Crusade, it's in the Grand Canyon area. There's a mountain that they have. To look just like that, and he by the fourth one, Spielberg is clearly having fun and mocking it, and he makes like a little <laughs> anthill like, that gets you know crushed by a car going by or something. Whatever. Sure, sure. Okay. So again, it's just it's one of those things I've just gotten used to. It's like, oh, that's kind of weird not to have that. It'd be you know, it, it's minor. Like it would be like watching a Hitchcock movie, and he doesn't show up anywhere in the movie. And I know that technically happened in one film, I think. Uh, that doesn't count. Anyway, <laughs> now, now do you know for sure that that there is no Paramount uh, analog that you just happened to miss? No. Uh, it, it, Mangold has not come out and said, "Oh, has anyone asked him about this?" Or well, I'm just curious how the, you know. The la well, no, it's right there in front of you because the the last studio or um, production company before the movie before any footage of the movie starts, they ended it with Lucasfilm. Okay. Now, if you, I, because I just watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they put Lucasfilm before Paramount. I got so, you. So okay. it went, you know, Lucasfilm, Paramount, and then we saw it. it, it one, it's all—it's always an opening scene type of thing. Yeah, it's—it's it, it, okay. It's, We're it's good been now. a running okay, gag. I yeah, I, I was, okay. I, I was, yeah, you'll see. I'll, I'll send. I'm sure there's a, comp, I'll, there's a compilation on YouTube. I'll send it to you later. I'm sure. I, I, I'm a Neanderthal. I don't notice these things, so I—I uh, <laughs> I appreciate you letting me know about this. Oh, I'm pretty okay. So uh, as. <laughs> 
<laughs> as, as I mentioned before, I toddled off to see Dial of Destiny. I was able to squeeze in like two and a half of the first four Indiana Jones films. And being the completest I am, because, you know, geek, um, I finished the remaining one and a half movies the next day. So I kind of OD'd on Indy there. So as we said before, I still agree. Absolutely. Raiders is the best one of, of the lot. I mean, it's just, it, it's so good. And quite frankly, has Harrison, and Harrison Ford has done a lot of fun, great movies over the years, and some not so good. He's never been as appealing as he is in the first Indiana Jones movie. More so than Han Solo, more so than, certainly more than Blade Runner or any of the other films he's done. Working Girl One can make a case for maybe. But I think he's the most appealing and the coolest is him in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, I, it's just, if 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 he can if he only has one performance to be remembered for, I'm thinking it should be that one. I I, I tend to agree, and some of it is because in all the like the successive movies, he's uh, he's stuck with people who are like annoying him, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And in the in the in the first you know, Raiders movie, you know he was like on on his game. You know he was focused on what's going on. You know, and if he was having complaints with anybody, it was like an engaging, entertaining time. Um, yeah, so I, I I believe I believe what you're saying. I agree. And it's funny. Um, I, I I mock the idea because everyone kind of knows. There's like one of the most famous bits of trivia about Raiders of the Lost Ark is that Tom Selleck was almost Indiana Jones. But sure. his, his Magnum PI contract kept him from taking the part. Um, and that was actually, um, that is who Lucas was pushing with Selleck. Spielberg actually was the one who wanted Harrison Ford, but Lucas didn't want to go with Harrison Ford because he didn't want to be seen like, he didn't want to be perceived the way Martin Scorsese was at the time where, oh, he just puts, uh, De Niro in all his movies. So Lucas sure. said, oh, because, because, because of American Graffiti, then Star Wars, then Empire, which is, you know, it is another movie. Now this one. So I think everyone knows about that. You know what I didn't know until this week? The role of Sala was originally about, was going to be played by Danny DeVito. I did not know that. Wow. Danny DeVito was supposed, Danny DeVito was supposed to be Sala and his shooting schedule with Taxi is what prevented him from taking the part. And I keep thinking, wow, even though Sala's not in it that much, but he's in it enough. I kept imagining Danny DeVito in that part. And then I think that I think that kind of ties into why a few years later he ended up doing the Romancing the Stone movies, even though that's not a solid like character. But at least he got to be in a in yeah. a movie that had that same kind of uh, a little bit of that kind of feel. Um, I haven't thought about those movies in years, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember the songs from the movies more than I remember the movies. At that point. The other little bit of trivia about um, that I think is interesting about Raiders, and it will connect me to talking about the next movie. Um, that I didn't know until recently. Um, the dude who plays like the giant Nazi that Indy has the big fight with at the airplane. Um, that actor's name was Pat Roach. He was actually, I think he's what was, excuse me. I think he's Welsh actually, or something like that. He's actually in all, the first three Indiana Jones movies. Really? All three. Yeah. He plays yeah. a member of the Gestapo in the last crusade, you know, briefly, whatever. But more more significantly, he's the main gigantic dude that's whipping the children, fighting Indy throughout the Temple of Doom. Okay, wow. Um, I mean, they even have the they, he's the guy he's fighting with in the minecart chase, whatever. Now, unfortunately, that'll if you, if you remember the movie clearly, that means wait a minute. Does that mean yes? That means yeah, he yes. was in brown face makeup. Yep. Which, yep. which and I, again, I just watched Temple of Doom. <laughs> that was one of the things where I realized, like, ooh, okay, that's. Kind of bothersome. 
<laughs> Which now takes me to Temple of Doom. Sure. We were recounting our memory seeing Raiders. Um, I remember seeing Temple of Doom in the theater. I saw it at this big uh, place in Manhattan, you know, whatever. I remember loving it. It was a, it was 84. The summer, of, it was like the big movie summer for everybody. You know, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Temple of Doom. Even two thousand. even remember really liking 2010. <laughs> you know, still do. Um, but now I'm watching it now. And I, I know I, I was aware of the criticisms. And I said, all right, you know what? But I've, I've, I've always held it in high regard. And now I just watched it. And I'm like, okay, I think I understand why this movie has always been banned in India. so so i saw it in college in in a theater and and i remember it was one of the first movies where i saw people walk out um and it was it was a mother taking her young kids out of the movie you know and i and i and and, you know i i knew i was like oh okay this was this was you know the the monkey brains and you know pulling out hearts and whatever you know that, that was just all too much but overall, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, but I, I uh, but I enjoyed it well enough. But but I, I do remember that right after it came out, that's when PG thirteen yep. became a rule because because they were like, look, it was PG, but it should have been not R. But we have to come up with something else. And then there was all these kind of complaints about the movie. And uh, I mostly remember that I had a hard time at the beginning when they survived going down the mountain in like the life raft after jumping out of the airplane and I, and I thought, you know, I, 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 I can only accept a certain amount of craziness. Oh, so, I, so, so, so that was my hard time with the movie. Everything else. I was like, no, I'll, I'll, I'm fine with everything else. But I was just like, man, that I would have redone that first scene to something less outrageous. Well, I'm going to challenge you on that one in a second. Sure. For sure. <laughs> and, I, and you're, and you're far from the first person I've, I've heard make mention of, of that specific moment. Um, but yeah, look, there were culturally insensitive things in that movie that aren't great. And that oh, yeah. aged even worse now. But I'll, I'll be honest. The dinner scene, I didn't like that scene when I was a kid. I like it less now. I could have, it's played for, it's, it's, it's comedic, but not really all that funny. And it's it, a, it, I, I don't, and I don't really, you know what it is? I just don't really believe it in the context of the movie. It just didn't make sense. And meanwhile, so he doesn't react to it. And, and the British, uh, captain he's talking to, then, you know, other than flicking away some of the eels or whatever, doesn't really make any notice of it. It, it, it it's weird. We already, I already mentioned, the, you know, the big thuggy who in, in brown face, which wasn't great. Hey, by the way, having the British come to the rescue at the end, even <laughs> even if they're aligned with Indian, clearly Indian soldiers, kind of hits a troubling note that I wouldn't have known as a kid. I didn't know that element of history when I was like thirteen, I guess fourteen when I saw it. A hundred percent. You know, oh. you, you, you were required to watch RRR to make up for watching Indiana Jones yeah, uh, and the Double of Doom. My lord! Oh, speaking of things I didn't realize till this week, um, the British captain that we see in the dinner scene, and then who rides to the rescue at the end, is the character's name is Captain. All of his name, Blumbert. Um, that's actually Philip Stone, the same actor who was in a few different Stanley Kubrick films. Most famously, he's Grady in The Shining. Oh, oh, and that, and which leads me to a little bit of trivia for everybody. The soundstage where they built the Well of Souls in for Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, the place with like seven thousand snakes. Just week, just a few weeks before that, that was where they filmed the big hall scene from The Shining. Same, same, same exact soundstage. So they went. Wow. 
Wow. What a, what a, what a shift. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, okay, here's where I get to defend things about it. Um, okay. Litany of criticisms, like when you were just mentioning, like some people don't like the opening, whatever. They feel, I guess, you know, not you specifically, but some following up Raiders, which obviously has one of the most memorable openings of pretty much any movie of all time. Then you go to like this impossibly elaborate musical number straight out of a Busby Berkeley film. Then, uh-huh. it, then it descends into slapstick chaos. Then they're plummeting out a window into a car chase. And then they're on an airplane. And then, as you pointed out, how they escape certain death, you know, jumping out of the plane in an inflating life raft that goes crane down a mountainside and off a cliff, whatever. Somehow that's considered ridiculous and unbelievable. Somehow. <laughs> somehow. Somehow. Hey, you know what? Uh, so what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was fun. I, I just, I just, I mean, I couldn't, I, I know the light, actually, specifically the life I think. By the way, I remember I, I, I was laughing my ass off, but in a, in a fun way when that happened. Kind of like when you watch a movie that's, it's, it's like hyper cartoonish violence where you just start cracking up because it's just so over the top. Sure. That's the way I think I reacted to that as a kid uh, with the life raft thing. <laughs> Cause it's like, this is so bonkers and crazy. I'm kind of loving it. And I think they actually got that, that idea from a, from an older movie and I couldn't, I couldn't track down what it was. Otherwise I'd be, I'd be telling you what it was right now. Um, but I enjoyed it. I, I just, it, it's, it's, Fun and and you got Dan Aykroyd in there too for out of nowhere for no reason and like Dan Aykroyd is in the two biggest movies of the year they hear Ghostbusters and, and Temple of <laughs> Doom. Um, the reemergence of the thuggy cult also doesn't age very well <laughs> at this point. Um, they're basically just redoing the plot from Gunga Din. So for any old movie people out there. That's where they got that idea from. Oh, by the way, Gunga Den also has some unfortunate use of brown face as well. But at least in 1939, you can almost understand it more than, you know, 1984. And sure. it, anyway, so uh, I think with, with Temple of Doom, I feel rewatching it. Now it becomes a movie that I feel I'm more likely to cherry pick all the things I really love about the movie. And then you have to sift through all the stuff that's like, ugh. And one is the one you hinted at, you know, a while back. Willie Scott. <laughs> is she ever not annoying? No. <laughs> <laughs> but they gave a short round. So, uh, and, it, and, you know, um, there's, a, there's a good chance that I'll be watching Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom because uh, my daughter, Grace, who just graduated from college, she um, – she got very moved by watching uh, the Oscars when uh, everything ever all at once. And, uh, and you know, K. Kong was just like jumping all over Harrison Ford in the light. And, you know, and so she saw, she saw um, the side by side of that shot with uh, Indiana Jones and short round. And she was just like, Oh, I have to see this movie. And I was like, okay, we, we will watch it at some point. So, so it, it, we will watch it at some point. Yeah. I, I think at this point, it's just a matter of if you keep her expectations really low and, and, <laughs> right. and no, just say, and, and I would just say, look, there's some things which, well, number one, didn't age very well. And number two, probably shouldn't have been done in the first place, but you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, but we can you can point that out about a lot of movies over the last hundred I mean, I'll years. Just tell, I'll just tell her, look, we have to watch the first one first because you need to know what's going on. You know, it doesn't matter that the second one's a prequel. It doesn't matter, but you want to know what's going on with, with the Indiana Jones. Right. And, then, and then we'll watch the second one and just uh, bear in mind that there is one in particular that is not this movie that is much worse. So... I, I I never made a note of this, but it just occurred to me. It'll be the last thing I say about it before I kind uh, of bump to the next thing. Sure. There's one thing that bewilders me about Temple of Doom that's got nothing to do with any of the characters or plotting or anything we've talked about at all. I don't know why Temple of Doom had to be a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Why it had to take place a couple years earlier. Yeah, I, I I couldn't. I kept thinking, what is the reason for this? I couldn't think of one, and it actually bothers me because then you start wondering, wait, this is like, I think it's supposed to be like two or three years before it or something like that. Then what the hell ever happened to Short Round? Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm very, I'm, in fact, the fact that he's never mentioned ever again is very bothersome. Right, know? right. What happened I mean, to the kid? I mean, you know, they even have like some closure for Mutt in yes, they Silent do. Sesame. They, do. they they bothered oh. to go with that, you know. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Oh, wait, till I, wait till I defend Mutt later. Anyway. Oh, look at that. Look at me. I'm, 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 I'm ready to die. I'm getting ready to die on a hill. You know? Very well. Very well. It'll be the Paramount Mountain. Um, I would now. I'm going to say something now. I was, this will make the listeners a little bit happier with me, maybe. I was actually surprised how much more I liked Last Crusade than I ever remembered before. Sure. Um, maybe I pushed back against some people who were lauding it so much back in there. Maybe, and, and honestly, which makes me a little ashamed of myself, I was probably spending too much time defending Temple of Doom back in the 80s or early 90s. Because I remember I loved it so much. Now I was like, oh, really? This is the one? Oh, my God. Um but the thing with Last Crusade, it's all the interactions between Henry Jones Jr. and Sr. Um, those um, uh, character relation, that character relationship, and all those, all the dialogue and and, and the moments. I think that that aspect is the best thing in the in the entire series, even if I don't think it's the best movie in the series. But but the, especially as we see how it plays out. And that's when I think also Harrison Ford deserves probably more credit than he typically gets. Cause, you know, when people don't normally go on about Ford's acting outside of maybe witness or something. Sure. Um, it's all his, not just how he speaks, but it's how he looks and his reactions to his father throughout the film are so convincing. And it's so it's so real. And it, for yeah, a movie, it's a fantasy. It's, it's very real. I think. They, they had a very specific chemistry that worked. I mean, it, you know, it. I, I never question. You know, even though, spoiler alert, Harrison Ford is not actually uh, Sean Connery's son. You know, but you know, <laughs> and yet, and yet, the, the fact that they were fooling us in, into believing uh, that this was being done without CGI, I, I, I felt that it was a very real dynamic happening going on between the two my uh my 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 biggest complaints again with indiana jones and uh last crusade just like plot related you know like i i couldn't handle them tearing up the floor in some you know rome rome uh, italian uh uh building to find the catacomb you know with, with x marking the spot because all of that shit that had been built in the medieval era would not be 
available to them in the modern. I mean, because it wouldn't be, you know. And the and the idea that the the Grail Knight is just like, well, I guess I got to read this one book again, you know, forever. <laughs> I, I, I I I just found that like oh, it just took me out. But but overall, I, I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed uh, Last Crusade. I I really did. I love that you kind of approached your criticism of the movie at like a historian, <laughs> like you were like you were a colleague of Professor Jones. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, like it's like you know, well, like you know, as an archae- as an archaeologist, what the hell, man? You know, why would you even be tearing up the floor of this basilica? What are you talking about? <laughs> but but the numbers were there: seven, three. Oh, oh, here it is. Oh, yep, oh, yep. oh yep. come on! But but the cuteness of you know X never ever marks a spot, and then hey, look, X actually does mark the spot. <laughs> Kind yeah. Of cute. Yeah. No. See, I would. I would have went to just people in the movie. And, you know, we just talked about Temple of Doom and how annoying Willie Scott could be, but at least she's memorable. Yeah. Allison Duty and never was there a more appropriate name, by the way. As yeah. Elsa, I forgot her five minutes after I saw that movie back in '89. <laughs> if I hadn't written down her name, I would have forgotten her again yeah. after watching yeah. this last week. She yeah. and, and although it is kind of funny that it turns out that <laughs> Henry Henry Jones Jr. and Senior turned out to be Eskimo brothers as a result of her. So <laughs> and they're like, there's a thought I didn't really need to have right now. <laughs> so I think the the significant things about that movie tend to be um and either plus or minus are the opening and the ending. The opening is the whole thing with River Phoenix playing a young Indiana Jones, and it, they they drop in all the little cute things. I, I the one I'm watching again, and when it and I remembered it, but seeing it's like I love that they just decide to explain the scar on Harrison scar. Ford's chin, sure. even though that's Harrison Ford's scar. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like Jack tattoos from Lost, but it's still like. Well, I don't really you know, but it, but it flowed very naturally. You know, it was not like, oh, Junior, I see that you have have cut your chin. That's going to leave a mark. I mean, they didn't they didn't do that. You know, I mean, you know, at they least did, they didn't do that. You're right. They 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 didn't like you know have the screen didn't like stop like see that's where he got his scar. Yeah, <laughs> here's yeah. where he gets his hat. That's where he got inspired by the jacket. It wasn't from a Charlton Heston movie from the 19th. Oh wait, yes, it was. <laughs> if he does a 1950s movie, Charlton Heston. Who basically is dressed like Indiana Jones, and that's where they got you know sure. hat, jacket. He might even, I don't know if he has a whip or not. He probably does. Who knows? Um, oh, so he kept the whip that he finds in the in the in the train when he's whipping at the line. I guess uh-huh. it's like okay, all right, I'll go along with all these things. It's it's also sweet because River Phoenix played his son. I think I think it might have been in Mosquito in Coast. Mosquito Coast. Yeah, and. It's also, there's something also a little bit sad about it because it's amazing, you know, to realize like 35, whatever years later it is now, Harrison Ford is still chugging along. And unfortunately, River Phoenix Pat died just yeah. a few years after that. Yeah. Um, but it is a really kind of watching it again. I think I didn't love it, that sequence when I saw it back in 89. Um, watching, it, I was like, oh, what's wrong with me? This is great. He's a Boy Scout. I love, I love that he's the only one. They, they, they just <laughs> abandoned him. I was like, what? No. No, they just left the kid by himself. Whatever. Um, and then the ending, I I didn't like it back in the day. I thought, I just for some reason, back in 89, I remember thinking the whole Holy Grail thing just felt really cheesy to me and the way it looked and everything. And now, I again, I watch it again now. I was like, again, what was wrong with me? This is, this is, this is fine. This is great. This is fun. It's, re- yeah. it's, it's what you want it to be. Ah. Ah. So I 
have I, I have now moved with the masses. I have moved Crusade over. Temple of Doom gets knocked down. Last Crusade gets slotted firmly in the number two slot. Absolutely. And then we have the movie everybody hates. They vilify <laughs> it. In fact. All right. I tell you what. Let's 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 talk. Let's say nice things about Crystal Skull. Let's, let's just let's. I know that you're ready to, because I told you to. So <laughs> That's right. Okay, now, I did see this twice in the theater. And so, Jordan, jo- jo- yeah. now, the second time, I didn't, it's not that I really wanted to, but I had seen it once on, I guess I saw it on my own or something. And then, uh, within a few, some weeks later, I went on a uh, vacation with my girlfriend at the time, and we went to Rhode Island, and there was a day, it was just relentlessly pouring rain. So forget doing tours around there walk or going on a walk and thing. No, 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 no. So he's like, okay, we can just sit in this bed and breakfast all day. He's like, oh, there's a movie theater and t- there's like a little town, a little movie theater, and the and you know a one movie movie theater, no less, and it was Indiana Jones. He's like, oh, do you mind seeing it again? Because I haven't seen it. I was like, all right, <laughs> okay. So I so I had so I did sit through it twice. Okay. My def- my first defense, uh, I can defend it up to a point. And this, okay, then the first thing, <laughs> I seem to be in disagreement with most people. I don't care. The opening. And people seem to mock and hate the whole escaping the nuclear blast in a refrigerator. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I'm, I'll hand wave that away. I, I'm okay with that. I'll embrace that, but go ahead. It's, you know, and, and I can imagine you being that way because you know, if you didn't like the life raft kind of jumping out of the plane, you're you're really not going to like. I think the, I think the life raft prepared me for oh, yeah. nuking the fridge. I mean, like you know, I I think I think I just said I, I can't accept this happening, but I don't I don't care. I will just continue to watch it. So well, my my contention, much like that, is it over the top and somewhat ridiculous? Yes. So what? That's what make, that that is literally what makes it fun. If it wasn't over the top or ridiculous, eh, you know what? Wouldn't be all that something well. Half the things I watch in these Mission Impossible movies are over the top and ridiculous, and I'm allowed to love those. I'm watching the stunts he's doing right now for them. Like, why does he need to jump off a cliff? Uh, okay, whatever. I'm there just for the fun of it. <laughs> Plus, you know, it was lead line, so it made perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> Look, going back to the the, the what. The original uh, um, inspiration for these movies were those serials that, we, that I mentioned earlier, and they always had these impossible to escape death traps, you know, cliffhangers, and they somehow got out in some ridiculous, stupid way, whatever. Right, right. Yes, it's a gotta be kidding me moment, but you laugh, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing: I actually think the first hour of the film is pretty good. I, I'm with you. In fact, um, well, except for the fact that I, I don't like mud, but let, let's just let's not worry about that. The, where I turn on the movie is when they're in the jungle. Mm-hmm. It, they have, you know, they have, you know, Mary and they've got Jones. It's part of their like the Russian jungle <sighs> traversing caravan, and then he escapes, and then he begins to chase them, and they like are trying to get away from him. Now I, I, I'm not describing it properly, but it's like, why do they just like stop and? Rearrest him, and then then they're done. It's it's like they're going, oh no! It's the hero of the film chasing after us. We have to go faster through the jungle. It was oh, weird. Gotcha. It was very weird that that all happened. You know? Yeah. There. There. Once we get, like I said, like once we pass the hour mark, and the 
what is really going on with the movie has become far more evident at that point. I mean, we, we, we already kind of know it to a certain extent, but no, then it's like, oh, okay. I kind of knew they were going to go there with this movie, but hmm. this, well, a problem with the movie is actually the villains themselves. I mean, you go and get Kate Blanchett, who is probably one of our leading actors working today, probably one of the you know, top 10, top five, whatever. Sure. And I, I'm sure she's having fun. I'm sure she did have fun. I'm sure she had tons of fun. But she's hamming it up in a way which I just didn't really enjoy in this movie. And I don't mind. You can have someone hamming up, and I'll, I'll enjoy it. I don't care who it is. But I didn't enjoy it with her. And maybe it's just the way the character was written, and there was a certain one-note aspect of every time she would have another conversation with Dr. Jones. It always felt the same. And I kept thinking, wow, the, the bad guys and the other ones are... I mean, certainly the first one. Uh, we'll forget Temple of Doom. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a, but you, you know what I'm saying? I, I just, yeah, like, like like the rival archaeologist in Raiders, Blaylock, right? Is that his name? Blaylock. Uh, what, what a great guy. I mean, like, what a great character. Because oh. he's, like he's like a really worthy peer antagonist for uh, for Jones. Right. Um, good. The, 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 okay. I, I, I'm going to do it anyway. So you... Um, you mentioned you mentioned Mutt. <laughs> okay, I know most people hate Mutt, and I remember when I saw it, I hated Mutt too. I'm not, I won't lie, but I just again just watched it again. Cool, cool. Yeah. Now, look, I personally think a lot of the animosity towards Mutt. I'm not saying you specifically because I, I, sure, I, sure. I believe you're you're a bit more on the ball than other people tend to be. I think a lot of that animosity has to do with the actor himself, because even then. He'd already been kind of been perceived and reported to be kind of an asshole. That's only gotten worse after that yeah. movie. Which, so that colors the view of him a bit, I think. The whole greaser thing, I think, is laid on a bit too thick. I get, but at the same time, that was a type back in the 50s. Did Spielberg need to have him look like go full Brando in the wild one, which just looks really cartoonish? No, I kind of wish they didn't do that. I didn't. I wish he wasn't making like the fonts and combing his hair all the time. I thought that was kind of uh, enough. Enough. It's just. <laughs> but I really think the scene in the diner and and the whole fight that breaks out. I think that's actually a lot of fun and works well. I think the motorcycle chase actually is pretty well done. I love his reactions to Indiana throughout the movie. But you know, you're a teacher and whatever. and that's the first hour. And then uh, after that, it just, you know, you know the, the part that really got me going, oh, it was the, the sand pit scene, which made no sense to me. First of all, it looks like they're like 10 feet away from the place they were trying to escape from in the first place. It's like, aren't sure. they like right there? It's like, <laughs> and then of course, and you're saying, help, get help. Like, well, who else is he going to get help from? And then you're upset he brings them over. The, what are you talking about? And then even using the, I mean, there's a, I guess the gag is cute that they're using a snake to pull him up, but it just seemed kind of dopey to me. I, uh, I just, yeah. That, that's the part where I start going, oh. And then from that point on, it's like there's things I like, but I can't, the, the ability to defend the movie starts to wither away for me. It's like, oh. and, and, go on, go on. Go sorry. Well, I, I just want to interrupt for one brief moment because you mentioned the diner scene. See, the diner scene lost me in the sense that he's talking to Jones, he's combing his hair, and then he dips his comb into somebody's drink at the table, like, you know, like next to them. 
and they notice and they don't do anything about it. They're just like, oh, they're like, oh, they have like a reaction, but they don't do anything about it. And I'm right. like, I would kick his ass so hard if <laughs> he dipped his comb in my drink. It's like, what the hell? I mean, like, I'm not a violent person, but I, I, I couldn't, I could not abide that the tomfoolery and shenanigan. I don't know. He looked like a he, he looked like a biker. I don't want to be messing with a biker. <laughs> oh no, I'm doing it, man. <laughs> Nobody puts their comb in my drink. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Look, but the fact but, that they didn't react at all made me yeah, like, you, you know, I can't ha- I can't handle this. I, I genuinely, you know, I just saw it and I actually forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, th- th- there's things. The thing I used to always go to as far as when when I would, when I would initially speak of my dislike for the movie, I usually went to the monkeys first. Sure. Um, and I watching it. Oh, there's a monkey. Oh, my de- there's no defending them, but I was like, hey, you know what? They're not really on screen for that long. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> dumb. It's annoying, but it's we spend a lot more time with a lot more annoying things than a lot of other movies that we've all watched over the last forty years <laughs> than than the annoying monkeys in 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 Crystal Skull. It's the the big thing is it's the to me uh, you can take or leave Mutt the way you could take or leave Willie Scott or whatever I don't think sure. he's remotely as annoying as she was uh, I, I I have I don't have the, the issues that other people do quite as much but I I get why people do and I'm I'm not going to argue about that one character it's the plot it's the alien plot does it really work and really should it be in an Indiana Jones movie that's that's the crux of it. And I know what the argument was that Spielberg and Lucas, et cetera, had. You know, we've moved into the 50s, the era of sci-fi and atomic power, and all of a sudden space aliens and their stories and movies are starting to show up. But did you need to do that in the Indiana Jones thing? I kept thinking maybe you play on it, but the reveal is it's not as opposed to it is. That you didn't have to go X-Files and it's like, no, no, it turns out it really is. It's like, no. Oh. I just don't know if it worked. I, 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 it, it, mm. I mean, I mean, I mean, it didn't work for me in the sense that they take the crystal skull to the headless alien body in the <laughs> temple, and then that just means they get to go home, and that and the alien spaceship takes off and flies away, and we have a dead Russian, and you know, and, and we have a bunch of like weird. You know, indigenous people stuck in the walls coming out to attack Jones. I'm, oh. like, I'm like, who are these guys? <laughs> Were these extras from Hook? I didn't know what was going on. I mean, it was just, it's like, have they just been like the Grail Knight hanging out for like thousands of years, you know, thanks to the alien uh, technology? I, I had no idea. Like, uh, I, mean, I, I just didn't know what I was supposed to think about. I, I, I agree. From There's an earlier scene when um, Indian Mutt or. or um, I don't. I forget what. I forget which thing they find at that point. They find something. Um, sure. But they, that's the first time they get attacked by these uh, little dudes. Or <laughs> it's like, okay, who are they and why? Why do they look like they came from some 1970 Saturday morning TV show, like Land of the Lost or something? I don't know. What's yeah, going on here. yeah. They were the they were the guys with the blowguns, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was odd. It was odd. It's yeah. like you know, you know blowguns worked in Raiders. You know, stop. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. after watching that again. Look, I'm my willingness to defend it is only. Hey, I kind of like the first hour, which <laughs> is more than I thought I did. No, and that's fine. It's fine. You know, and I it probably deserves a chance for me to rewatch it because if nut if Mutt is annoying me, I know he's going to die in Vietnam, <laughs> so I can get past that. <laughs> wow, I didn't. 
you know, oh, dark. the two of us in this podcast, you, you know, I think most people, you know, if there's a betting line, who's more likely to go really dark? It's me. It's me. It's me, buddy. It's me. Here I am. I'm defending movies. I'm putting your file. <laughs> you're, and you're like applauding death. Of I'm rooting, I'm rooting for the Vietnam War to start. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, at, at, at the oh, I haven't said it yet. So it's my it's become my my unintentional catchphrase for the last year on this podcast. But you'll hear it one of these days. Um, I always at some point I always have to say the phrase at the end of the day. At the end of the day, uh-huh. um, I'm comfortable putting Dial of Destiny right square in the middle. Raiders, Crusade. I I mean. Crystal Skull stays where it always has been. For sure. <laughs> and the temp and the Temple of Doom stuff there's just as much as I enjoy a lot of it, there's too many things that bought now I watch it again there. And I don't mean a, I'm not trying to be like politically correct or anything like that. It's just overall, just parts just uh, are bother me more than I remember they did. And I'm just like, oh, okay, that's that's not down to four. I'm I'm putting Dial of Destiny over it. Because it, because I think it because I think it I'm gonna say it again. At the end of the day, I think it's actually telling a bigger story. I feel that I will remember Dial of Destiny in the Indiana Jones mythos more than I would Temple of Doom. Uh, and and I would um, I, I agree with with our like our our one, four, and five picks. I, I think I would probably still put Last Crusade in second place, but I have like a real strong recency bias to kind of like flip those because I think I, I I think personally I might enjoy dial destiny a bit more, but I can change my mind on that tomorrow. If I rewatch last crusade and I said, you know, I really did enjoy any throwing that guy out of the blimp. That would be like, oh, so hilarious. Right, so, right. So, 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 so I would let those two kind of like jockey for position in my head. I think the Connery Ford combination um, is what that alone is what pops it over Dial of Destiny because as much I mean I really do like uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge in the movie and, and so on, but it's that dynamic of those two and also I I, I can't believe I didn't, really, didn't say this what's actually really cool again similar well maybe not that similar age I'm kidding Pat um, <laughs> I, at that point I mean I grew up watching the Sunday night movie and who was my favorite James Bond it wasn't Roger Moore even though I'd seen him in, he was it the one I kept Sean in the Connery. Uh, it was Sean Connery the coolest badass of same, them all same yeah Sean Connery is my my bond he, and, he is and just a couple years before this he was in he was he won an Oscar for the Untouchables where he's Right in the Untouchables, you know, he's a he's a man's man. He's a beat the crap out of whatever you know. Bring a knife, bring a whatever the fuck is. I'm like, you do the impression better than I do. And then he plays this role, and that's so different than what I was used to for him. And the 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 joke of the whole thing is that well, this whole Raider um, Indiana Jones movies in the in the first place started out because Spielberg always wanted to do a James Bond like movie, and then but Lucas had the idea. Why don't we do this? So give Lucas all the credit in the world because he's the one who came up with the you know 1930s archaeologist, blah blah blah. Spielberg wanted to do, you know, a Bond-like thing. Although then it reverses between those two because um, Lucas was the one who wanted to push more of the uh, indie being a ladies' man and stuff, which is a very James Bond-like quality. And Spielberg was more. Eh, I think the way we're doing this character, I don't think I, I don't want to hit that that too hard. Even though if you watch a few the, the well the 
um, Temple of Doom and really <laughs> Last Crusade. Like, yeah, I think it seeped in there a little bit. I was like, wow, I didn't realize, yeah. uh, you know, India was getting so much back <laughs> or, or expected <laughs> to be getting so much <laughs> But, um, yeah, I, I will definitely defend Dial of Destiny. There's so many things I really enjoy about it. Also, it, it, for myself and, um, and the person I saw it with, being a New Yorker, I love where it turns out where he, I recognize the area where he lives now. The fact he's working for Hunter College is hysterical. <laughs> I'm like, really? Hunter? She's like, not Columbia. I was like, no, no, no. They wouldn't pick a school like Columbia. He's falling down. So it's not like, yeah, you know, yeah, might as well have yeah. been Baruch or something. Uh, you know, the tra- the subway station scene is just insane. I, oh, and we mentioned Matt Mickelson, uh, neglected to mention, um, so I want to give him a shout out to uh, Boyd Holbrook is like the main thug. And Boyd Holbrook has really been coming on strong the last few years. Um, for some reason, he wasn't the breakout dude on Narcos because there was this guy named Pedro Pascal <laughs> alongside yep, him. Yep, yep, yep. But his work in things like uh, the, Sand- the the Sandman series that was on Netflix, I, I think he's really <clears throat> exceptional on that. He, he was the Corinthian in that, is that correct? Yes, he's the Corinthian. Oh. I, I thought he was one of the best things. I mean, I really like that series in general, but I thought he was one of the best it, things in it. And, and he he also was in Logan, right? He was pursuing Logan in uh, oh, in that movie. He he, he was kind of like the 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 leader of the the bad guys pursuing uh, Logan. Now I think you're oh he was he was really young in that, but yeah, I think you're right about that. I just really I I really like him and his character is always. His manner of speaking, whatever, and he's been playing a bunch of bad guys, but they're all at least different. There's definitely a distinct difference between them. You, you know, and he just had such a Hitler youth look in the movie. <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer where we see Indiana Horse and, you know, and the stuff's going on. And then we see uh, whole, uh, whatever his name is on a motorcycle. And I thought, did they go back in time? Because that guy is like an SS dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he was, he was like just like exhibiting. You know this is this you know you know Hitler devotee type of uh, of energy, and so I was I was I oh, enjoyed all of that. And he's oh, whereas Mads Mikkelsen is it's more about the words he uses and what he says to people. He's as bad and violent a guy, a villain that we've yeah. gotten in these movies that isn't you know like ripping people's hearts out or anything. Sure, but sure. Shooting those those poor teachers. <laughs> I know, know, I know. I was like, like wow, was like, wow. And then shooting the, uh, I guess she's a, F- is it FBI. She's, yeah, she's she she's like a CIA. CIA. Uh, I couldn't uh, remember. Yeah, I, I think I think they're all CIA. But yeah, uh, yeah, it makes more sense to be CIA, not FBI, whatever. Um, the, uh, which also leads to okay. Uh, I'll, wow, I don't mean to end on a criticism of the movie, and I'll let it go. Because I will let things go. It's like, all right, well, we don't. Do we really care at the end of the day? Well, I said it again. The whole murder, the whole frame from accidentally frame for murder plot with Indiana Jones, which then is, is never addressed again. I I, I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if it was even necessary. Quite frankly, yeah, I, I kind of think maybe they should not have leaned in that heavily onto it because then they have to like roll it back. You know, it's, it's kind of like we have to believe that 
because the military went in to get the doctor, you know, in the Middle East, and then he killed them and stole the transport plane you know, or the helicopter so they could, you know, do the Mediterranean stuff. It's like, it's like, you know what? We have no need to continue to uh, indulge uh, our Nazi rocket scientists. So we will, we will undo whatever we had been doing to kind of keep things quiet. And I'll just, I'll just roll with that. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a thing that had, that would just seem weird in the movie. Yeah, I mean, oh, the whole using the Nazi scientist thing, I, I you know, it's, it goes back to the old Operation Paperclip kind of concept, yep, whatever. Exactly, love oh, yeah. all that. But um, kind of like what, when what the the whole thing about Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you know, if you take Indiana Jones out, blah blah blah, which is we already proved untrue. Um, if you take the mur- the the frame murder plot thing out of this. I think he still does everything he's going to do. He's not. He's not running around because he's trying to. He's not. It's not the fugitive. He's not rich. He's not Doctor Kimball. He's still Doctor Jones. So yeah. I, I keep thinking it doesn't really add anything at any point. I, I don't think. I mean, maybe initially, maybe in New York when that person recognizes him somewhere, but he's he's around the world at this point. It doesn't really. It never factors into anything. Right. No, I agree. That, that's a weakness in the movie. I agree. And but I will I will end on a positive thing on the movie, and I don't care if there might be some who will say it was a little cheesy. I don't care. I'm a, I don't mind a little cheese like a pizza. When Marion comes back and they do the they do the take on where does it hurt moment. That I I will say I'm I'm a softy. I teared up. Yeah, and because yeah. that's one of the most famous things from Raiders of the Lost Ark that doesn't involve action, and I kept going. If she, if she can like point to her lip and hear, like ugh, I was just like, I love that Karen Allen's still around and was willing was doing this, and she. Eh. I thought, and that scene alone made me like this movie and said, okay, I'm okay with Indiana Jones being over now. That was a more to me a more satisfying way to end his story. Than what they did with Crystal Skull with the oh now they're finally married oh the the hat blows and oh is it gonna be oh don't you dare make him in- okay no, you- <laughs> <laughs> I even I just love them just focusing on the hat like hanging on the clothesline I thought that was like a cute little way to end yeah. the movie so uh, overall I, I, I was very pleased with it so I'm I'm happy I saw it I I wish it was doing a little better um, people are people the only pushback I say with people are going oh. You know, you, this is what happens when you try to bring back franchises from you know from forty, fifty years, forty years ago because it's nostalgia and that doesn't work today. And I keep going, hey, so there was this movie last year called Top Gun Maverick that yeah. was a sequel yeah. to a movie from nineteen eighty six. I believe that movie did okay. <laughs> so don't you know? You know. And, and, and Mission Impossible will probably do well as well. Yes. You know, yeah, it's yeah. coming out. And, you know, based you know. on from the nineteen sixties. Yeah, uh, it's like look, it, it, it people bashing something over nostalgia annoys me a, a bit. It doesn't annoy me as much as when people complain about fan service, which is something we'll talk about when we when we get around to talk. If we hopefully get to talk about another movie in, a, in another podcast. Um, I, I just, I'm like, okay, I get annoyed with that phrase because the movie's for fans. Why, why is it a problem to do things to make fans happy? If yeah. It, and, it, and, 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 and somebody is like arbitrarily drawing some line of this is the stuff that I want to see. And that's cool. Oh, no, you've gone over the line. It's fan service. Oh, it's like, oh, come on. It just, okay. So hopefully. 
depends on you and you and I. Hopefully, we will be back in in podcast time uh, in a week or so. Hopefully, we will get a chance to do a podcast about another movie that has underperformed and has been a thing of some controversy, both warranted and maybe not so much. That would be The Flash. I mean, as people who listen to the podcast enough to know, longtime comic book geek here, you may recall we covered the Flash TV series for a few years before I felt enough of this on a bail from that grind. I kept watching it, but I wasn't going to be spending an hour or two talking about it on a podcast. Anyway, hopefully um, we will get to do that podcast. Actually, beyond um, your schedule, um, I kind of feel like I need to go see that again myself because I saw it a month ago. I mean, even though it's pretty fresh in my mind, I'm going to find out if it's playing at my local theater still. Maybe it's like in the last screen and I can... Now that I don't have a job, I can go see it like in the early afternoon or something. So anyway, this is first my message to listeners. If you like this podcast, you'll really like hanging out on our Facebook page. Just look up Serious TV Drama Podcast, like the page, and join the conversation about any number of TV shows and apparently movies as well. You can find this among all 384 of our podcasts. Just got to go to podbean.com, type in Serious TV Drama Podcast. Um, if, hey, if you wouldn't mind taking a few minutes, go to Apple Podcasts and you can rate and review us there. I mean, if you like us, if you don't, well, you know what? You didn't get this far if you, if you don't like us. You can follow us on Instagram, Serious TV Drama is one word, and we're still on Twitter. We're not on threads, not yet. Um, at STVD Podcast, that's STVD as in Serious TV Drama. Patrick, Patricio, Pat, thank you so much for joining me here. Uh, I, always enjoy listening to you and getting your insights on whatever the topic is. <laughs> well, thank you very much for inviting me. I, I had a great time. Awesome. And thanks to the listeners for listening. And until next time, hey, always remember, it's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Mm-hmm.